Shut up and sit down. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. You know what I'd like? A brand new bike. Of course, there's some odd things I'd like to have, but I'd sure like a brand new bike. What's up, guys? I'm Matt Legrand. I'm a singer-songwriter. I'm a rock climber. I'm a Lord of the Rings fanatic. And I'm a YouTube superstar. A brand new bike. A new analysis published in the British medical journal finds that men are idiots. Yep, we're idiots. You may or may not be listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hepler, and Jake Von Turing. If you like the show, enjoy it. If not, I think you actually listened to the move with some other guy named Lance. I would have something to eat just before I go to sleep. You know what I'd like? A brand new bike. Of course, there's some other things I like to have, but I'd sure like a brand new bike. <laughs> Wake me when the show starts. It's already been on a while. <laughs> Wake me when it's over. Hi, welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Dering, and I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance, right here for you. For your entertainment. For your entertainment. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Wait, you have to say, this is Matt here. Sometimes. We've, we've done that a couple times. Do I just jump the gun sometimes? I, I, this is new where I introduce you, so we'll, okay. we'll, we'll try this for the first time. Sitting to his right, Matt Legrand. <laughs> What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking fantastic. Thank you. What, what number said, podcast is this? You'd think we'd have it figured out by now. 170. 170. Wow. How have we done 170 of these? That's a lot. Is a That's lot. a lot. We have yet to miss a week, and by that I mean Jake has yet to miss a week. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's the only one that has not all the work. missed a week. He does all the work. He does all the podcast. work. Yeah. So we should like kick me off for an episode and let you guys just have like we should have like, full like, talk like, talk behind your full, back. It, that would be you. fantastic. It would just, suck. <laughs> <laughs> At least Lance was, knows where all the chords go now. I know where the chords go. Matt kind of can do the camera work and the art stuff. Yeah. yeah, maybe we'll do that. We'll just have Evan uh, sit in here. Evan's here for yeah. his good looks. Yeah, <laughs> we have no Evan. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Yeah, well, no Evan today, but he might show yet, up. Might show up yet. So we'll see if he actually there's shows up. There's a chance. Up. So you say there's a He's chance. He's telling us there's a chance. <laughs> right on. Um, let's do some backpilling and. Uh, Go from there. Let's do a little, a little podcast. Let's do a podcast. Yeah, let's do a podcast. Um, Matt, you want to backpedal sure. first? I was, just to about to, I was about to look it up and see about, what I did. What, what okay. did you do? I'm like, I have no idea. You looked that up. Lance has got this I can always memory like it. an elephant. So Lance, go. Backpedal. Um, I actually, I took five days off this week. That is crazy. Five days off. I, I thought you said six days. I, 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 about. I had to you look almost, it up. You almost had to. On, uh, last, on last Sunday, I, I did like a three-mile mountain bike tootle around my neighborhood, so okay. that, uh, so I kind of rode. Yeah, um, I've been having um, significant back trouble for a couple weeks. Um, I am finally starting to feel a little bit better after taking all this time off, and so, um, yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm still not over it or through it, but, uh, you know, we get old, things break down, my back falls apart because that's my lot in life. I'm going to have back trouble for the rest of my life. I'm fully aware of that, so I have to be careful what I do. But um, I still managed to get out uh, a couple of times after taking two weeks of doing nothing. I went out um, on my own and rode like uh, 30 miles and decided I was just going to attack a couple segments and see how it felt. And my heart rate was kind of off the charts because... <laughs> You take you don't do any intensity for two weeks, and like my heart rate was ten beats higher than normal. Yeah. So, 
You'll and be all right. I know. I know I'll be all right. I mean, but you it's like three rides and you'll feel back to your normal. Yeah. Self. So and then Saturday, that was Friday, Saturday. So I missed all the team rides. I didn't go to the flogging ride. I didn't go to the mountain bike ride because but it was like rainy. You didn't. I mean, it was there's a lot of miss, people that took that day off, too. Yeah, so yeah, if you're going to miss a, miss one of the rainy days. I know. I just felt like. I was I, like this. I felt like I was missing out seriously. FOMO. FOMO. <laughs> yes, it's real. So, uh, but then Saturday I talked Jake into go riding with me and um, mm-hmm. we went out for like 50 miles and rode around uh, North uh, Clark County again okay. a little bit. That's good. Um, I need to ride up there more. It's so beautiful. I, I, I just was, oh, did you guys how far did you guys go? We're, I, I mean, went 50 miles. 55. 50 mi- 55. I, yeah. So I fived up at Lance. Yeah, he did. It's usually the other way around, so <laughs> I have to put that out there. <laughs> But yeah, we just rode around. Basically, every time it got hard, I just pulled in behind Jake and sat on his wheel. I sat on his wheel a lot <laughs> because I'm trying to push myself through this little break I've taken. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time. We yeah. we actually rode pretty hard. We averaged almost 20 miles an hour for this. I thought you're supposed to be taking it easy. I no, I you're decided done I'm done with that <laughs> because I'm racing this weekend, oh, and man. I need to just kind of prime the pump a little bit before I go race again. Okay, so that rubber side down this weekend, all right? Yes. Well, it's mountain bikes. It's it's in Sisters, Oregon. Um, crashing isn't as big a deal, I should say, as long as there's not rocks involved. If you if yeah, knock on wood. If you wash out on a corner, it's just like dusty, cinder, sandy stuff, and that's that's usually not that big of a deal. So we did that, and then uh, Jake and I went out on gravel bikes yesterday and uh, rode in the rain and gravel bikes. And you guys, uh, you guys chose the rainiest part of the day. We did for sure <laughs> because it was like gorgeous after, gorgeous before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. But it was like it was the window that uh, that we had to ride to together, and we would rather ride together outside than separately because you know strength in numbers and yep. blah blah blah. It's more fun. So, yeah. And we were cruising along the old Harris Trail, and we ran up on who? Mr. Matt Legrand. Mr. Matt Legrand out for a jog. Which is, I was going to say the same thing in my backpedal. Clearly the top thing for my training week was seeing you guys on the trail. <laughs> Easily by far. You were jamming. Like, we caught up to you. We were just well, we long, but uh, we, did we, we change your pace a little bit? We, so when we, you guys caught me, I, like, started talking to you, and pace. we slowed down the pace or whatever to, like, 10-minute pace. And then... You said something like, do you want us to pick up the pace or something? We're slowing you down. And I was like, all right, well, we pick up the pace. And then I was like, I think we're going pretty fast. And uh, I was like, we're probably going, you know, 730s or something like that. I went back and looked at it. It was like 634 oh. that we dropped down the pace. <laughs> to, and I was like, oh, that's good for me. Which I, you know, like I said, it was really nice to see you guys on the trail. Sorry, I didn't have the right bike. It's just on foot. You were on foot. It was lovely. It was fantastic to see you yes so it's almost like i got to ride with you guys this week right Fun, yeah yeah sort of <laughs> anything else you want to backpedal for us for i'm me? done i think lance is done he segued nicely into uh yes oh yeah you. so yeah highlight was definitely the trail run i ran seven miles which is the longest That's i've good. run in a year probably how are you feeling today i feel fine my quads are actually still sore from cycling on saturday uh my achilles is fine but you know i all of those runs just kind of aren't great. Like I don't feel like I I don't feel like my Achilles can just go forever. It just yeah. kind of slowly gets aggravated. 
But it's, you know, when you haven't run long in a long time or biked long, when you get out there, you're like, oh, this is fantastic. I don't care about the pace or right. the distance or the whatever. You're just happy to be able to do sure. anything. And so that was definitely the case, you know, yesterday. Uh, and, and I actually did run a couple of times. You know, I'm trying to do a lot of like shorter little runs during the week, like two mile runs or whatever. So I did a couple of those this week and then the seven miler, which if any one of our listeners is runners, they know like it's not a lot of mileage. It's not a lot of training, but it's still super enjoyable to be out there. Sure. You know, after having quite a bit of downtime and low, low mileage over the past pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) Not the past year. Pandemic. Pandemic. I biked on Zwift a couple times. I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't kind of over it right now. Well, I don't love Zwift. You know, you want to be outside. I love oh, biking yeah. outside. Uh, I did bike the new Zwift course. Oh, yeah. How's it's that? Something, something island. I don't know. Makuri. Makuri. Makuru. Makuru. I don't know. Something like anyway. that. Anyway. Same thing, different letters kind of thing with Zwift. Just different. I, I find myself for, I mean, I actually think it's a great course. I think it's beautiful. I, I look at Zwift for a little while and I'm like, wow, this is great. And, you know, beautiful. And, but if I'm not really like doing a workout or a group ride, then I just start to I'm looking at all the beauty on Zwift and I'm like drift towards watching, you know, something on the TV. Yeah. And then I'm like, might as well not even have. Zwift. I mean, it's basically like I'm using Zwift as a bike computer to just like record the right, easy right. ride. I can I identify with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so else, not I was like, attention. ooh, this is cool. And then I was like, oh, whatever. You know, I'm on a bike trainer. And yeah. I just, you know, I, I will. Um, I am very excited that they have a new world. I imagine that when we start doing team rides in this winter, like yeah. we'll have an additional world to check out, which is just yeah. nice. And uh, I think it'll be excellent. They're going to expand it. It's basically they're, they're taking that particular world and they're going to treat it kind of like they do Watopia and where they're kind of like spread out and be able to have different courses and just really have a lot of room to grow that area. And so it's going to be great. Huh. Do you think that that it will be as expansive as Watopia? Do you think they'll attach Watopia to it? No, I don't think they will. But I think that their plan is to make it like another Watopia where you have lots of different spots and things like that. So right now it's really seems very small to me. Uh, I don't know if you guys got the chance to write it. No. Which you got like we're right outside. Confession. I canceled my subscription like good for you two months ago. Well. I, it's expensive, isn't it? Fifteen bucks. It's not expensive. Bucks. I just wasn't using it at all, and yeah, then my right my my credit card got hacked. That was oh, uh, tied to that. That's great. And so I like, got had to get a new credit card. And, and that's when you realize how many things you're right, like, subscribed I just, to, and you're like, I just no, no, no. I haven't re-upped the Zwift yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, honestly, it's it would make sense for people to do at least three or four months off during the summer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, so. That's kind of what I'm going to be doing next month as well, just canceling it. Not that I don't like Zwift. I think it's fine and all, but I I don't have a, a need for it. I can use the, what's the other one? Um, RGV or RG? RGV. Yeah. Yeah. So I can use that for free. Yeah. And for what I'm doing right now, it's just recovery rides or just active recovery or um, yep, like exactly. zone one, two stuff. And I can just plug in uh, that on the computer and just say, st- stick at this. Yeah. Or I can use Wahoo and do that. Or yeah. you can use your yeah your computer exactly. I'm not, and then just watch a video. I'm yeah. not doing any racing. I'm not doing any structured rides. I'm not doing right. any training when I'm using that. And I'm only using it uh, a couple times a week. Um, right. That's probably what I'm going to do until we get 
picked up with it in the the winter time. Yeah. So Zwift used to have this thing where they they would have you like locked in at a lower price. I think it was like ten or twelve bucks. Yeah, that changed. And that changed. <laughs> yeah. They bumped us to the normal price. Yeah. So now I have no it's reason. Like, to so to cancel for six months is yes. You're not really losing anything if you're canceling. So might as well. And, and it's a good opportunity. I think to that's try the reason things. why they jumped their prices up was to offset for the summer months when people were canceling their card yeah. so that they can kind of have a well it's still expensive i mean yeah well i'm i'm with you guys i think had they not done that had had i been like oh if i cancel i'd lose my grandfathered in price yeah i would you know pay for the whole summer yeah and just maybe write it once yeah. a week or whatever yeah, it'd be and nice if they charge you 15 bucks a month or gave you the option of doing like maybe like 120 for the year for the year yeah, and then lock people in for the year because i think on the whole you'll end up making more money because after your people cancel from yeah, May summer. through October. Well, or and every time someone cancels, they may never come back. True, true. So that's the big thing is like, I'm coming back. You will. Yeah, yeah. I will definitely come back because. Well, unless something bigger and better comes down the pipeline. Right. But, well, you know. but the chance of something overtaking Zwift. Yeah. Seems very low. Seems very low. <laughs> yeah. That RGV has some potential and promise, but it's still, it's still quite a bit a ways behind yeah. Zwift in terms yeah. of like the. I don't know. The UI is kind of meh, a little janky. Right. So anyway. So I think I'll, I think I might follow you guys' lead and just kind of say, like, maybe next month cancel it. Yeah. Because the weather's going to get even better here. And yeah. And I, a lot of those rides, I'm just, like, cruising easy. Like, this is just an excuse to get on yeah. the bike for a little bit. And You've got the it. Wahoo app that can easily do what mm -hmm. you're trying to do. And I don't like to stare at the screen. I don't even use the pacer bots on there because I'm, like, that's kind of, like, just falsely inflating what I'm actually doing in terms right. of, like, the mileage. And I know that mm -hmm. if I go in there and just ride by myself, it's, it's a little bit more accurate. I know how hard I'm going. And if I finish with a... 17 or 18 mile an hour average that's about right as opposed yeah. to jumping with the pacer bots and i'm doing a recovery ride but i'm riding at 25 miles an hour that's that's just inflating numbers and I'm like, yeah. i don't need to do that so yeah and every single one of our bike computers will control the bike trainer yeah, exactly yeah super easy yep. yeah there's so cool. many options cool anything else matt um yeah swimming you know i I'm not swimming a lot right now, but I think I am going to uh, bolt from the podcast early and sneak out to try and get a swim. And I'm, I'm swimming like once a week. It's like pretty That's bad. Something. It's not great. That's <laughs> something. <laughs> it's not great. So. Cool. But um, you enjoy swimming. So I love swimming. Yeah. I love swimming. Yeah. I was on this podcast um, recently. I, it just went live today. It's uh, called the Mile After Mile Podcast. And, you know, the general question is like, okay, you got three sports. What do you love most? And I'm like, oh, I love all of them. I'm like, here's why I like swimming. Here's why I like, you know, biking. And here's why I like running and go through all of it. It's very hard yeah. for me to actually pick one sport that's, you know, but running, you know. Uh-oh. Jake's breaking out the good stuff. All right. It's Kirkland time. Sponsor for today. Oh, oh there's one, one LaCroix, LaCroix in there. Yeah. Oh, I got LaCroix. I, I'm the winner. Do you, you like won. LaCroix or Kirkland better? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which one? Doesn't the, matter. The high dollar stuff. Sorry, just want to make sure everybody's well hydrated. Well, I Thank mean, you. I feel like you're kind of the dude that you know. You need the high end equipment. I need the high end stuff. I feel like that's Probably. the case. Thanks for sponsoring us, Kirkland. Yeah. Paycheck. Just. It's in the mail, right? Waiting on it. It's just, we're just waiting on it. Just must have the wrong address or something. Uh, I don't really have much to backpedal. I well, other we did the the mountain bike ride again, the team mountain bike ride. That was fun. Um, I'm just in awe of our juniors still. They are oh, so yeah. stinking awesome. past those it's kids. Fun to ride with those kids. Yep. And then um, the flogging ride. Here's a little PSA for everybody. If you're riding on a bike that has the ETAP shifters, um, those shift batteries will last you for about two years, and you should change them before you get to that two-year marker so that when you go out on your bike ride and you go to shift, um, they don't all of a sudden stop working. 
I found that out the hard way. We went to the flogging ride, oh, no. got down to the parking lot, said hi to everybody. It was a smaller ride because it was raining pretty right. pretty hard, and um, just sent out all the different groups. And then our group went. We left and we made our, our left hand turn out of the parking lot, made it for maybe a quarter of a mile, and went to go shift down and nothing. I'm like, that's weird. And I check the other shifter because I'm like, is the the battery dead? Do I need to just like change it real quick and uh, mm-hmm. um, take the front derailleur off and put it on the back yeah. battery? Yeah. And it shifted up. I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> I'm like, started doing math in my head. I'm like, my battery, that CR2032 yep. in the shifter died. And it was about 25 or 26 months old. Um, it was done. And I think that that's one of the items that will show you, it'll show on the app, right? Like, have you looked at that? Uh, yeah, a smart person would be t- keeping tabs. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. keep track of it at all <laughs> on mine either. Uh, but that's a good point. Yeah, to I don't, maybe I should put on a calendar or something. Yeah, or, or just I just need to make it more of a habit to check that app because that, that app will you know keep your stuff updated. You can see what your battery life is on your actual uh, derailleurs. Right. You can see what the battery life is on the the but, shifters. But, but the derailleurs, you just like swap them every once in a while. Yeah, like, that's what that. I do anyway. That, I'm like yeah. I have that extra battery mm-hmm. and I just like swap those out and, and I charge the new I've, charge I, the old one. Yeah, I've yet to run out of batteries, which knocking on wood here because yeah. it's gonna happen i should mention that i this week i did ride with sean and shelly we did like kind of the flogging course we did a, a little uh-huh. deviation from that it was great it was glorious glorious, glorious. Who, which one of you guys said glory it was That's you me. that was you that used to say <laughs> glorious so yeah i um i was in my big ring because uh, you need both shifters to i think that's a better place for you to be yeah, but you need both shifters to shift, to shift down, down, and it was only the left shifter working. So I was yeah. in the big ring and the big cog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> and, and I just I'm spinning and I watch the group right away. I'm like, bye guys. They, I don't think work. like none of them even noticed that I fell off the back. And then I got a text like halfway through, like, "Where'd you go? You okay?" Yeah, yeah it's kind of funny, but so yeah, you, you can only shift that direction. So you're going up and up and up. Yeah, and yeah. until it back. stopped. Yeah, and I was too lazy <laughs> to stop to shift down to the small ring, so I just went to a uh, big ring, big cog, and pedaled back up our 450 foot climb to the top of the <laughs> hill. If you, if you go back there and press the button, it would have worked, right? No, it was well. No. It's not the it's the front derailleur that I need to shift. I could have reached down, and just pushed the button on the front derailleur to shift down to the small cog, right? But I was just kind of like challenge you're accepted. Done. You're done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, climbing up Blackmas Lane where Matt and I live, it's a pretty steep, long climb. You did that <laughs> in the big ring. Yeah, well, I did. Biggie, I, biggie big. Biggie, biggie big, big. exactly. Yeah. But I, I did, at the halfway point, made the, the turn and went towards your house and went up Jasmine and all that okay. stuff. But still, you're climbing That's up there. still. Yeah, it's just out of the saddle, just kind of danced up the hill. Uh, it's a slow At dance. 600 yeah. watts. <laughs> yeah, 600 And I was watts. thinking to myself, like, oh, I, I can just go home. I'll put a new battery in there. I was at first going to see if my wife could, like, go drop me on course, but she was gone. And then I'm like, well, maybe I can ride up and reverse and catch them on the way down. And I got home, and I went to go find my CR2032s where I keep them in the, the junk drawer yeah. that my youngest daughter, who has all of a sudden taken a, a uh. hankering to organizing <laughs> the entire house, like, she completely oh, cleaned and organized awesome. to a T, like, perfectly, our Until pantry. And then she went and did the junk drawer, and then she went and did this closet wow. where we store all this stuff. I'm like, what's getting into you? What are you doing? All She's like, I don't know. I just like doing this. I'm like, all right, that's wow, kind of cool. But awesome. I went to go find my batteries, nowhere to be found. So by you the time, have, you know, what you should have done is come by my house, and I should just show you where those are. Sure. Like I should have had, like we should have had this stuff now because it's it's yeah. a little less steep, and then you're like not getting all the way up to your place. Yeah, well, it is what it is. But I just ended up jumping on freaking Swift for the the hour and yeah. change and moving on. So Lance already talked about a ride this weekend that was fun, and uh, yeah, 
Here we are. Another, another you guys week. are getting some good rides in. Decent, yeah. Did I finish with just shy of 11 hours, which wasn't too bad. Perfect. Um, Lance still got in, what, seven hours? Is that what you said? Uh, it was almost eight. It almost eight? Because after I left you yesterday, I, I fiddled around for like an hour and a half. Oh, jeez. Nice. You, you still got more... I think you still have more exercise total than my triathlon workouts for the yeah. week, even though it's like your off week. <laughs> yeah. But it was only Jake, three you're days. getting in shape, I think. I feel like you're... Oh, my gosh. You have, have like you ridden with him lately? You may need to race at some point because <laughs> you're fit. Yeah. On, our ride, on our ride on Saturday, yeah. we hit some pretty road up in North Clark County, and I'm just sitting on Jake's wheel, and I... I realize all of a sudden I'm pushing 300 watts just sitting on Jake's wheel and we're doing 30 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. It was like a half percent downhill, so it wasn't oh, flat. Yeah. But Jake was like, ooh, this feels good. I'm just going to go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to sit on his wheel as hard hang. as I can. And yeah, because he's very strong at the moment. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. No races on the calendar? Not yet. I don't... Got to figure Full disclosure, out. my shoulder still sucks. Yeah. But the mountain bike stuff I've been doing and the work that I've been doing at home is making it feel not as sucky. Still okay. sucks, just not quite as sucky. So um, I, I think that the timing is just going to be a little off, though, for being able to do any mountain bike racing. Yeah. Road racing, I think we might see maybe possibly sometime later this summer, which the timing might be good there, too. Um, some road stuff here pop up on the calendar. There's Baker City that's coming. I won't be able to do that because I've got a father-son weekend scheduled that weekend for... Um, Mount Tabor starts next week. There's that, too. So, and that would... Yeah, that would that'd, that'd be a possibility. And those are 30-minute races yeah. or 40-minute yeah. races. Yeah. But well. if, if my shoulder... God, I just don't know if I should do cyclocross, though. Like, if it's a dry thing, I, I think I might come out and, and try a cyclocross race. If it's wet, I'm going to pass. I just can't. I can't go down. I just can't support myself falling down. So yeah. that's just going to be ugly times. So we'll see. The, the answer to your question is we'll see. Stay tuned. Yeah. I've been saying that's that perfect. for like two or three years now. That, I think that's a good answer. You can, it's, you know, it's let us know. It's been just think, such yeah. a long, stinking process. Yeah. And it's just annoying, but it is what it is. Difficult. Yep. Um, able to go out and ride bikes. That's the fun part, though. So just stay within my abilities and recover accordingly, and all's good. I'll happily sit on your wheel anytime you want to go <laughs> ride. <laughs> awesome. Hey, how about we skip the um, the Patreon and the uh, the lead-out news until the end and jump right into our topic for the day so that we don't lose Matt Legrand. How does that sound? And then if for some reason you leave and Evan jumps in, I'm sure Evan would be happy to Evan, talk about Giro stuff. Evan has an opinion on everything. He does. Especially the Giro. Especially the Giro. <laughs> So we want to do and that. Plus, it's like I think the I think the Giro's done. I think it's over. You think so? I mean, it looks after today. It looks it looks like it's over. It looks good. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's let's talk about um let's talk about tires. We got lots of tires. Time to talk about tires. It's tire talk time. Tire talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that would have been perfect a jingle for that. But yeah, seriously, um, there's there's all kinds of tips for for picking the right kind of tire for yourself. There's tips for how to change them. There's all of the different brands that are out there. There's tubeless tube. There's just a, a myriad of different things. Hey, is is uh, tubular still a thing? Do you um, guys heard of it? Kind of. Kind of? <laughs> um, th there's two places tubular still happen. I think some people are still road racing on some tubulars, sure. which... I don't know How why. How about we do this? Let's start out with... Do you feel like it's cyclocross is where yes. is where it's at, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's the thing. Is like, yes. 
Yeah, you can, that's where you see it. You can you on cyclocross. You can go so much lower pressure and get such better uh, grip mm. with tubulars. Yeah. But you don't have the flat. Um, you don't have the flat protection that tubeless gives you. Yeah. So, but. But they've come so far with tubeless tires that there's a lot of people that are opting to go that because the the cost to benefit ratio isn't there when you sacrifice and, and leave behind the the, the, the flat. Uh, Correct. It's option. just the possible of burping on yeah. cyclocross because you're putting so much harder pressure in corners. What are you going to ride in cyclocross? Um, my 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 race bike has tubeless tubeless with, with cush cores. Yeah. And my pit bike has tubular. Okay. Do you feel like tubular is a safer bet? And then you just have like that extra bike ready to yeah. go? Like yeah. this is the, yeah. yeah. Lance, do you want to, for those that don't know what a tubeless versus a tubular tire is, you want to talk about the difference there? Well, a tubular tire is glued on to your rim. Uh-huh. So it, it is, it, it's, it's like the tube and the tire all in one, and you actually glue it onto a rim. Yeah, so it's got a, um, a tube that's sewn into the actual tire Correct. itself. Yeah, and it's you don't, like, if you, if you flat, you're changing the whole thing, or if you, you know, puncture, you're changing the whole thing. The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, like, the best race tire for decades and decades, um, but I don't think that's the case anymore. Tubeless tires uh-huh. is a tube that seals onto your rim without an inner tube in it, and it has sealant in there mm-hmm. that um, helps seal it onto the rim and to help with flat protection. If you have a small puncture, the sealant will seal the hole. In both of those you can ride pretty low tire pressure. Yes. yes. And with the advent of tire inserts, tire liners, yeah, I think that you're going to see Less. tubular go away even more yeah there's not many people riding it anymore it's training no don't no but there are some world tour teams that are still doing some tubular wheels Mm -hmm. do they do it for like paris-roubaix that kind of stuff like like cobbles they just go or they do it on the road they do it on the road like because of they think for rolling resistance but tubeless yeah, has improved so much better with their rolling resistance. That I think rolling resistance is like a wash across all, bo- like across the board on all of them. Yeah, because if you go latex tubes on, like I just think that there's some really good options. I absolutely love tubeless. Yeah. It is it has improved so much in the last like three years, like drastically improved in the last three years. That um, what tires are you using on your road bike right now? I use the uh, Pirelli P zeros. Tubeless ready 28s. 28s? You're riding 28? That's not the P0 um, tubeless, though. That's just a regular. That's a tubed one they that you're holding there that. in your hand. The audience doesn't know that. So. This is a tubeless P28. <laughs> you can tell people this is anything. Well, no, I'm this just in case somebody's candy, watching this is a candy on YouTube. Bar. This is a candy bar. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Nobody, great. Nobody's watching us. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, but I mean, like the podcast, if they're listening, you know. This is cool, though. So I've gone up in size on my on my road bike. So I'm riding 28s. Oh yeah, and and plush, um, plush and tubeless. Um, I get knock on wood again. I haven't had a flat with them. Yep. Um, it, I, except no. See, that wasn't even on P 
GPs it was on the Pirellis. Yeah. It was on the Continental GPs, yeah. my last flat. So Lance and I have been testing out these P0s as opposed to the Continentals that we were both riding on before, the GP5000s, which were tubeless. And we were on GP5000s forever and a day. Yeah, um, yeah those for, Forever and a day. For about two years um, when they came out with the new tubeless version of those, and they were fantastic. These are fantastic <laughs> tires. They roll well. They're fast. Yep. They have they're, good rolling resistance. Totally they set by. up good. Yeah. And but you can't buy them anymore. You can't get them. <laughs> so that they've been sense. out of stock since last September. Yeah, well, I ordered. Um, God, I ordered probably like thirty or forty of them last September, and they told me that they'll be here in the middle of this this coming summer. <laughs> this one I'm holding in my hand isn't even tubeless because we can't find tubeless. Yes, exactly. So, um, so we actually started looking around. I started doing some research and watching different videos and seeing what people were saying. And I kept running across the Pirelli stuff. They're getting good reviews. Uh, I know the guys over at GCN like them a lot. And I reached out to Pirelli and said, hey, what do you think about maybe uh, doing some tires over here? And they're like, absolutely. And we were able to get them from them and wow. put them on the tire or the bikes. And I'm probably 700 or 800 miles into my first set. They've been fantastic. I love them. For the wheel set with the 28s, they're about 40 grams lighter. Yes. Spin up a little bit faster. The the rubber, I, I feel like when you when you're after you've like worn them, like wore, yeah. you know, maybe put 10, 15, 20 miles yeah. on the the compound, the rubber, it just has a really nice feel to it in terms of like the way that it's gonna hug and grab the road. The other thing is when I ride with the Continentals, they've had fantastic flat protection, but I would very often come home and I would have that little st- Gray streak up the yeah. back of your seat tube of, of a puncture that you have. Punctured something. Is it orange? The what orange seal. The orange seal. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you're like, oh, that's fantastic. That was just a, a flat tire that I didn't have to change. Mm-hmm. I still have yet to have that with the P0, and I don't know if that's just straight dumb luck or what, but um, th- I haven't even had that, and they they look just as good as the day as I put them on there, and yeah. they're about seven or eight hundred miles deep now. That's that's pretty good. They're they're getting good wear life. That was the only variable that we didn't know. Like I've had all of these things right. to compare it to other than the, what the only thing being like how long are they going to last and right. how long were you getting um how much life were you getting out of your your contis um i would say about a thousand miles it was around there i think you were I only getting a thousand miles yeah i think so i was getting at least two i'm uh, somewhere between two and 25 maybe three if i was pushing it that just depends on like how many slits and little nicks mm-hmm. and dings that they were taking on. Oh, the time worst. of year really, I think, affects yeah. that yeah. stuff. It's like, and it's like the road conditions are worse at certain times of year. So <laughs> the worst thing is putting on a brand new tire and like your uh, second ride you yeah. slid it. it and you're yeah. like, oh, it's done. So, um, all things considered, I'm really digging those P zeros, um, and they have a couple other, well, not a couple, but a couple, uh, another option that you can run in lieu of those that's tubeless ready as well. That's um, I used a little bit in the winter time, and I quite liked it. Is it uh, Centrano? Centrano, and some, it's a little thicker. It's got an extra layer of protection. It's yeah. almost, it, it it almost has the same weight and almost the same rubber profile feel as the the Continental. So I would almost compare it to that with an extra layer of protection on it so that might not be a bad idea for the folks that want to run something different in the winter months or just want to have more of an endurance tire in general they're not necessarily super concerned about rolling resistance i don't understand how pirelli solved their supply chain issues i mean why why are they so available and nothing else is because they were gearing up for a big things like, are different blitz. In, in um i think those are made in france if i'm not mistaken things are different in france than they are in germany maybe i i don't know I just don't know. 
I don't understand either. Oh, I don't. I mean, Continental, I think, is the the big manufacturer. That's the the the, the big one. That's right. the the Apex tire brand. And I think Pirelli is somewhat new coming back into the the, the bike scene. Bike I mean, scene, they right. do all of their auto tires, which they do a fantastic job with. But the the bike scene, they're they're somewhat new into this this arena. So maybe it's just a uh, for lack of people knowing. Yeah, could be. So, what, so now let me ask you guys this: You guys both are on twenty eights, is that right? Correct. Yes, I'm still on twenty fives. What um, I assume that you change your tire pressure. Your because so here's the thing, tire pressure is funny. Like cyclocross is like course dependent. You know everything like mountain bike probably also like course dependent. Yes. Or you may just kind of like a standard mountain bike tire pressure that you kind of use. Or uh, no, it's it's very course, course dependent. dependent. For the road though, you guys kind of probably aim for something similar. I don't think you probably change it based on conditions. Do you? No. Uh, I might take a couple PSI up. It's really wet just to get just a little get bit more grip. surface area. Yeah. What's your, with 28s, what do you aim for? So far, what I've found is well, Pirelli gives you like their recommended okay. PSI levels for their tires on the inside. Based on my weight, it's saying 80 PSI. And okay, 80. Okay. And, and I've, I've, I've kind of found that I like that for the yep. rear. I'm just a touch less on the front. I usually am like 77, 78. You just want more grip. A little bit, yeah. For diving in the corners and whatnot, and it, 220. I, <laughs> Lance is running like 50 or 60. PSI. I'm running 60. 60? Yeah. Okay. I'm running 60 in the rear and like 58 in the front. Okay. And and I'm I mean I'm like 175 right now because of whatever. So that's about <laughs> what I weigh right yeah. now is about 175, and it it just I, I don't feel like it's too low at all it feels fast it still grips it fast, it's no? yes it's still it's just a plusher ride yep. you know it just it just makes me well, it's more comfortable you know what big. they don't measure nearly as big as the continentals do oh, do they i think okay. it's a little bit more true to size whereas the continental when you put it on the same tire it barely fits on my bike my bike is spec'd up to a 28 and the, the tolerance guys. on yeah. both of you guys the, are 28 max yeah, yeah right the tolerance on my time machine, or my, sorry, my team machine, um, when I have that twenty on there, there's like, like no room for error. Like right. if you get like a, a slight little wobble to your wheel, or it comes out of true, you're touching. And Lance yeah. has been there before. I have done that with the oh, yeah. and with rubbed the spot on my frame. Yep. With, the, yeah. with okay. the Pirellis, it fits there like perfectly on yeah. the twenty eight. It's just a touch bigger than the twenty five from the Continental, or pretty close to that. So I should probably switch out my tires because I have those Vittoria. Yeah, it, it, you're still running tubed with those Vittorias, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. You're not a big fan of those. No, no, I've had <laughs> bad luck with Vittoria. <laughs> Just in general, Vittoria has not been. I, I mean, I would have like my thought would be like go with. I, I probably have some Conti, but I bet you I don't have. What I want is to switch to 28s. I want yeah. that plush, plush ride because like, I'm not racing. Yeah. Like, except for the flogging ride. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, and it doesn't matter. Like I just would prefer to just be comfortable. So. I think 28s would be We've really got a whole fun. bunch down here if you need got some. some. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I also am going to need help going tubeless as well. Yeah. So. Bring your bike down. The only we'll drawback, the only drawback with tubeless I found is that is installation. It is just, it's they're harder to install. But mm. once you've mm-hmm. done it, now, Jake and I have done it hundreds of times right. <laughs> because we do it for people here at, yeah. at the lab. But, you know, and once you learn certain things that work and tricks, it, you know, it, you know, all tires are a little bit different. Like these Contis, 
like it just it's, it's wheel dependent it like some, it goes on great on some, some wheels some of them it's like on. oh my gosh wow. i had to arm wrestle with that thing for half an hour just yep. to get it on there and some of them it'll seat great and some of it won't the prelly again a point to the prelly is they seem to seat better they on seat good. A, a more yeah. wide variety of wheels yeah i really haven't run into any issues with anything getting it on no we've had other bike you know tire brands that yep hot garbage baby have just We've had a hell of a time just Game to get on. it to seal or seat uh, up. Do you want to seal. recant and talk about our experience with the Zip tubeless tires? <laughs> <laughs> we had a pair of Zip tires that we were trying to mount. Um, were they just super tight? No, they weren't tight. We couldn't get it to seal yeah. on yeah. the rim. It wouldn't. You think it's you know, like the bead on the tire? I or don't something? know. It was just what wheel was it? Bull crap. It was a. Was it a Zip wheel? It's like we got the two things that are supposed to go together. I honestly <laughs> don't remember what the wheel yeah, yeah, was. Okay. I just remember that the tires we could. The easiest way to get a pair of tubeless tires to seat is with an air compressor, yes. right? Yes. You take out the you you seat the tire on the on the rim, and then you you take out the the what, what am valve. I, the valve, valve core, the valve yeah. core. Yep. And then you put an air compressor right on there, and then you just blast it with the 150 psi. And it hear, you hear this like, boom, like crack. It, it sounds like, like it cracks, but it, that's it's a like, good thing. Yeah, it like pings as yeah. it like seats. Yeah, 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 yeah. I couldn't get these. Ping. No. You yeah, want that ping. It seems like it's breaking. You're breaking we, something, but you're not. It's we actually, uh, we tried. I tried and tried and tried. I, you, you know, once that happens, you end up taking the tires off and redo the rim tape. Because oftentimes it's the rim tape issue. Redo the rim okay. tape, I put it back on, still couldn't get the seat. We had to take the tires to a teammate's garage who has a super high super high capacity compressor. Oh, that's uh, a compressor. I just and feel like you guys are going to just destroy a wheel. And he was able to finally get him to seat. It was not yeah. easy, and I it's, feel like it's it was the tires. It you know if we had it's the tires. If we'd put Pirellis on there, it would have it would have no seated, but. I, at that point, I'm just like, you know what? There is some value to ease of use. Like, you have to be able to put tires on and off eventually. Like, the, I don't care if this wheel is, you know, if this tire is that fast. You got to be able to put them on. It's just not worth it at some point. I have right? a compressor in my garage at my house. Yeah. Purely, the, almost right, the only thing I use it for is all my tubeless tires. Yep. Because I've switched to tubeless on every one of my bikes. Right. So. Yeah, but you go on the road a lot. You're away from your compressor. I don't have my compressor on the road. I have an air canister pump, yes. which... If you guys aren't familiar with that, you basically pump it up, and it has all of this air in this little canister. It's it's part of the you know floor pump, and then you... Don't you like hit a button, and it... Yeah, you, yeah, like you put it on there, and you flip a switch, and yeah, it's it's like like a manual air compressor. Yep. Yeah. It does not work as good doesn't work as, as good. a compressor, but, but it, it'll work. On the pitch. road... There has been a time where I couldn't get a set to set up yeah. and had to go to a bike shop and said, and can you blast this with your compressor? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> do you do you ever have like a backup like, oh, I can just go tube, you know, go to, go to get some tubes and just go old school? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I do that. But usually I just switch to a different bike. <laughs> if I'm on the road, I'll just get the gravel bike or I'll get yeah, the mountain bike and I'll find a different options. place to ride. <laughs> that, that works that works so uh this week my brother called me uh my older brother who we've talked about on this podcast before it's just been a year or two sure he's a he's a triathlete he's a triathlete yeah he's a triathlete and uh he called me in the evening and this was you know late and he lives in central time zone in alabama 
and he is like, hey, he just calls me, and he never calls me. And he is like, <laughs> I can't get this bleep, 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 bleep <laughs> tire. I've been, like, this is the start of the conversation. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I can't get this tire on here. It's, it's whatever, like, it was like 10 o'clock at night. I can't do it. And I'm like, I can literally, like, walk you through it. I'm like, first of all, there's, like, this thing called YouTube that you should check out <laughs> how to do all this stuff. He doesn't want to hear any of it. He's so angry at me in the situation or whatever. I'm, like, trying to help him. I go upstairs where I have, like, just a stupid amount of, like, wheels and tires that I need to sell and get sure. rid of. And I'm like, here, let me show you. And I like pull a tire off with my fingers because you can just, if you know what you're doing, you can just pull yeah, them off. Yeah. And he's just like, how do you, that's impossible. How do you do that? Because, you know, he's trying to do it. And first of all, he's got like a new tire probably. So it's a little bit harder. And if you don't know how to do it, it's just tricky. And I'm like trying to tell him like the secret to this is realizing that the rims have this like C coned shape and you need to get the tire deep in the sea of the actual rim that little it's center like channel very yep. hard for yeah. people to visualize that if they're not familiar with it uh that gives you when you put it right there in that deep sea you get all of this slack to work with and mm -hmm. you can kind of work it into the middle of that and kind of keep it taunt as you work your way around the wheel itself and then then it's easy to flip on and off and i'm like yeah. look i can do this with my hands if you do it this way he wanted none of that <laughs> he wanted to hear none of that it was just like which way do i put on the tire and then the the tube and he had it all backwards and uh and i was like oh you know you're pinching the tube you're pinching the tube and all this stuff because we're facetiming at this point and this at this point it's like 11 o'clock at night his time Wait, he was his like, time he had been working on this for like hours, hours and hours his hands were like just hurting and uh and then he like forces it on with a tire lever of course uh -oh. pinch the tube oh yeah and i told him even <laughs> way before he knew i was like you know, the, the reason why is that you, you know, you can really destroy the tube is you're putting it in like this or whatever. And, uh, you know, ideally we kind of get this down to, you know, five or 10 minutes or whatever working. There's I'm like, there's some tricks. There's some ways to make this sure. easier. And sure enough, he pumped it up and it was, yeah, but goners. And uh, yeah, no, nothing there. But you then can, he was like, you can use a tire lever to, to get that, but yeah, you yeah, have yeah. to watch very closely where the tube is. And I'm not against using a tire lever, but like the whole thing is like, you got to be careful at this, you know, because he, the way he's, if you saw it, you would laugh because it was like he was, the tube was like coming hanging out, out, hanging out, hanging out. And he was the, like, and on it was the like brake surface, all this stuff. It was, yeah, on the yeah, brake surface. Yeah. And, uh, and, and so, yeah, but I think at the end of it, he had a better concept of getting the, the tube in there safely. And he kind of gave up at that point, like gotcha. finally had the tire on there with the tube in there. And we kind of knew that it was probably destroyed at that point. But he was just like, at least this is on there. I can go to bed now. So, so that story said that's a good but, story, by the way. But he had just got a brand new bike yeah. too. Like he had a new bike, and it was just like he wanted to. He was so frustrated. Yeah. He was like blaming this whole new bike. He was like, I just got this new, you know, I don't remember like how much it was, but like let's say like I just got this new two thousand dollar bike, and it's worthless. Like that's what he's telling me. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. no, you just got to change the tire. You yeah. know, like this is a problem with all bikes. It's something that we have to do, and. Yeah, it's it's nice to have some tricks. Now you made a video. Was it two, three weeks ago? Uh, probably like, like five month months ago. ago. <laughs> five months ago. Four or five months ago. This yeah. is how my life. Yeah, I don't yeah. know in time. But you you gave some tricks for like changing a tire. Sure. Yeah, and it was really um, basically for people that are still running tubed. And I yeah. want to get into that question in just a minute. Like who should and should not be using tubes anymore? But anyway, we'll we'll, we'll touch on that. Well, just maybe that'll be for him. Like yeah. maybe it's something that he could. 
look into it, be like, hey, switch to tubeless, just go to your bike shop and have it done. Yeah. And then you should have less flats, theoretically. Yeah. Uh, and have the bike shop do it, I but still I, think I still think there's no how to do exactly. it. Exactly. That's yeah. something you should know how to do. But um, yeah, it was really just going through a bunch of little tips and tricks. And it was a lot of what you just talked about. You know, that center channel for a lot of people that that's have like no this, idea. That, that's the that, secret thing, right? That, it's like yeah. it, it gives you that extra, like just like two, maybe three millimeters right. of like wiggle room. And the that's that's the difference between like, oh my gosh, this is never gonna go on unless I have a tire lever. Yeah. Versus oh, I can oh. just easily roll that on with my hands. It's yeah. So and then when you roll it on with your hands, it's it's better in a lot of ways yeah. because you're you're softer basically yep. with the tube if yep. you have a tube or yeah. whatever it is. And but know, that for, C section of the wheel, I think, is just such a yeah, there's just a that little channel that goes right through there. That's a little depression. The center channel. If you're on YouTube, you can see what I'm pointing at. There, the center channel of yeah. of this, which is great. Like, okay, great. There's the C shape to it. Uh -huh. But what you want is the the actual edges of each tire to sit way deep in that C section, yeah. so that you get extra space as you get to the top. Yep. And I think that that's a very tricky concept for people to kind of recognize because they're like, no, you put the tire on and now I'm, I'm working on a different section. I'm not working on yeah. this bottom section. Yeah. You're like, no, you work on that bottom section to give you the slack at the top. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, yeah, once you kind of get your head wrapped around that, it's it's not a terribly difficult concept to, to think about as long as like you know yeah. that's a thing. You right. Know, once you know, once you know that that's a thing, it makes it a lot easier for you to get the uh, the tube in there. You know, so you're going to get the one side on, then you're going to put your tube in, and then you're going to get the other side on. And if you do it right, you should be able to do it by hand without wrecking the tube itself. And right. if you have to use the tire lever, then you have to be very careful that when you're levering it up there that you don't get the levers um, in a position where it pinches the tube and actually puts a hole in it. Because yeah. then you got to stop and do the whole thing over, and you just wasted anywhere from 5 to 10 bucks on a tube, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. So that's super frustrating. Yeah. Um, and why do we all know this? Because we've all done it. We've all done it. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is I think that, you know, I don't think, I think we all kind of learned this process over a couple of years of changing tires and it's not fun. Yeah. You know, and then and there's the whole like thing of like, well, why do you always have the badging of the tire over the, the stem of the right, tube? And, right. and and yes, it looks nice and it looks good sure. in pictures and, and that's pro, but there's a functional reason for that as well. So that when you do get a flat, you actually take the tire off and then you know geographically exactly where the tire is at in relation to the stem, and then you just put some air into the, the tube after you get the, the puncture tube out, put some air into it, like you can open the valve core up a little yeah. bit and blow in there or maybe hit it with a hand pump or something like that, and then you can listen around to see where the puncture occurred, right. and then you can lay that again over the tire again so that you've got a geographical area that you exactly. can reference you to see if there's was. a thorn in there, a piece of glass, yep. a piece of metal, so that, again, when you put the next tube in there and pump it up, it doesn't just automatically flat again. Yeah. And, and why do we all know that? Because we've all <laughs> Well, and that's another thing that we didn't, I didn't even talk to him about because I, I don't know why he had a flat tire, but like it could have been because he, he was at DEFCON 9. <laughs> yeah, he was in a no state, <laughs> but like he never went, well, I, I think, I don't know if it was a new tire or not, but like he never went around and checked the tire because yeah. like there could, like this happened to me a couple Mondays ago on a beaches ride, we were out riding and someone had a flat tire and I was like, let's go around and look at the tire because it's worth it to find whatever it is. And we found some sort of little wire and you pull it, pull it out up. and you're like, yeah. had we changed it, had we put a tube in there, like yep. that's going to go flat again immediately. Yeah. So and that's probably the number one mistake that people make is just not checking the tire. Throw after a tube in there. Exactly. Just it's like, like, oh, something punctured it and it, it's still not there. Stuff yeah. gets in there, like embedded into yeah. the tire itself, like yeah. little wires. Oh, yeah, little yeah, wires. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, I found the best trick is to take the tire, flip it inside out, and like 
almost like fold it yep. and then work it around. And yep. then things kind of basically, as you come across a wire, it like sticks itself out yep. and then <laughs> pliers or something to pull it out yep. or your teeth, or your teeth. Yep. which is what I did on Monday. the road. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone was like, no, no, no. What are you doing? Yeah. And I'm like, eh, it's going to work. <laughs> You've really got to do a good job inspecting and just being able to know exactly where that's at. So you can narrow it down. So you're not having to spend that 30 minutes. Huge. That, that's huge. And what you talked about is huge too, because it doesn't take much for that thing just to be embedded in oh, the rubber and you don't see it. The next time you hit a pothole or a rock or something like that and it pushes that little whatever that yeah. foreign body into the tube again and you get that flat. Yeah. You're like, oh my gosh, why or did you, I get three flats today? You, you get know? three flats in 10 miles or yeah. something, you know, and you're like, uh, something's, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, so we've done it. We've all been there. It's really frustrating. I, you know, I would probably say that there's there's things that you can do when you are in like a group ride that's totally chill versus like, hey, I need to catch back on. You know, I might not quite inspect the tire as yeah. carefully, but like 90% of the time I'm taking it easy and yeah. I don't care. And I'm like, let's take the time to look through this yeah. and, you know, or yep. whatever. You're helping someone and you're like, might as well. Like, what are we, what are we rushing for? Yeah. Right. Know there's yeah. Do the right thing. If you're out on ride, help somebody out. It makes the yeah. process goes faster. And if nothing else, if you've got a few tips or tricks that you can impart on them yeah. to help them gain some of that knowledge that they didn't have otherwise, that's, that's good. Yeah. And I think people that, you know, if you're getting help, pay attention to the person helping you because they will have some tips and yeah. tricks. And it's yeah. worth it's worth learning that and stuff. While we're going through that process, they'll probably hear me tell them about four times. Hey, you should consider switching over to tubeless. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been on tubeless for over two years now, and I can only think of uh, just a small handful of incidents where I had to put a tube in there. Um, the last time I had an issue, it wasn't because the tubeless system failed. It was because I failed because I'm always busy doing too many other things. And I just didn't have any sealant. I had a little wire go through there and it was a slow leak. And then next thing you know, I'm riding on the rim and I had to you know, put, yeah. go find a tube to put in there. But because I had no sealant. But um, had that not been the case and I'd had sealant in there, I would have never even had that issue. Um, the only times that I've really had an issue was when I hit something catastrophic in the road and it gives you that little slit where the sealant's just not going to be able to plug that up and you've got to put a boot in there and a tube and then you're back to riding again. And, and you do that on the road. Cause yeah. I feel like that, yeah. see, that kind of stuff seems to happen more on like a mountain bike situation where you hit this, like, you know, rock. You sidewall. The, yeah. Exactly. Well, the, I feel like there's not the that. one that I can think of. We were on our team training camp and we were just yeah. starting the ride and it kind of sucked. Um, and I was literally kinda, at the bottom of the driveway. Yeah. We turned onto the main road and <laughs> I was like towards driveways. the back and I didn't see whatever it was. And the persons or people ahead of me didn't see, didn't point it out. And I hit it and it, it put a slit in the sidewall that the uh, sealant couldn't handle. And I had to, um, you know, basically stop a boot and catch back on. So, and that, that sucked because that was a long ride that day. And I ended up having to like chase by myself for a long time. Oh. Yeah, it was probably 40 miles that I finally caught you guys. That and I think that Lance brutal. saw me up find my friends or something. Oh, he's right behind us. Let me ride back and get him. Right. So, <laughs> anyway, I digress. Um, yeah. So that, that's that just tubeless is fantastic. Where do we draw the line? In terms of not draw the line, where do we suggest somebody consider strongly consider going tubeless versus keeping tubes in their tire? You know, if it's somebody that rides their bike a couple times a year and it's a beach cruiser, yeah, they probably don't need to be tubeless. They're going to be fine with tubes. But you know, if somebody's you know kind of recreational, getting into like riding on the road or the mountain or whatnot, where do you where do you make that suggestion that that person really consider going tubeless? And how do you talk them down from this whole like? Oh my gosh, it's tubeless. I don't know how about that. There's a lot of people that are scared of it. You know, uh, it's a bigger process, right? Like, yeah, I, it's you know, 
conceptually it, it's harder to make sense out of right sure. like if you're like yeah you put a tube in there pump that up it's great you know and then versus like oh i've got to have sealant i need a compressor like this is more work you can go to your local bike shop bring tape bike, and yeah. valve core valve stem and yeah i th- i can kind of relate to the fact that it's Specific more complex tire. yeah it definitely there's definitely more layers to it but in the grand scheme of things it's really not that complex right. and uh I, if you're, if you're moving a tube, right? If so you're a weekly rider or yeah, a, a regular rider, it doesn't have to be weekly. Tubeless is just going to treat you better. Yeah, I think that it's just getting through the installation process. It makes sense yep. that if you only ride, maybe like like my wife probably only ride. I mean, she doesn't ride that much, but like there's a lot of times where her bike just sits. Yeah, and the, the a tubeless wheel can have some issues if it sits for I don't remember the exact time frame what like if it sits for three months you can have sealant stuff that just kind of dries up it dries up it's going to dry up regardless if you're riding all the time you still have to put sealant Sealant in there so yeah but I think if you're you know let's say you're riding once every three months then you're putting sealant in every time you ride like that to me I'd be like just use tube just use a tube yeah in fact she's I should really knock on wood for this she's been on the same tires and I think she hasn't even had any flats in forever and this bike is something along the lines of 20 years old oh wow and i don't think she's like og <laughs> tires. tires yeah seriously I'm the, i'd have to go back and check are they like, 23s wow. or 19s they're <laughs> they i'd have to look and see if they're like 19s pizza cutters they're not 23s they're either they're like 22s or or, or, or no, 19s. remember the 23 days where you're pumping your tires up to high I, 20 psi and you're i still just think 23s <laughs> are um a good option for certain people for aerodynamic purposes and I don't think that 25s are always the way to go. Most wheels now are wider, and so 25s work better. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of wheels on the market that are narrow, and then you really don't want the bulb shape where mm-hmm. you have like narrow rims with this big wide tire on it. It's great. Yeah. It's plush. It's nice. It's comfortable. But, but it's not as aerodynamic. Aerodynamic issues, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, you know, it's just a trick of like, okay, rims are getting wider. Then we can go to the 25s yeah. and still have the aerodynamic advantages and have that plusher feel. But I think a lot of TT people, you know, should probably still consider 23s if it, depending on their wheel that they're depends using. Depends on their setup. The whole heartily depends yeah, on the probably setup. Probably not setup. 19s. No. Gotcha. Um, going back to though to where we draw the line in the sand. So yeah. if somebody's riding once, it averages out to once every three months. Yeah, probably not. But if they're a fair weather rider, let's say that they hang up their bike and they don't really touch it from the end of October until like sometime I, in May. I think that that I actually really have. I mean. I feel almost like that's that's me. I just like go ride indoors or whatever. But I mean, I guess we rode in January yeah. and stuff. I just think like there's a lot of people that I relate to that really well, where it's like, I'm not going to go ride in the winter and snow and whatever. Right. Like, uh, I think that those people could still go tubeless if they're going to spend the yeah. summer riding. Because yeah. all you do is you basically, you know, each beginning of the cycling season uh-huh. that you go take care of your your tire situation. Gotcha. And then you're good for the summer probably. Right. right. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, or the, longer the, the riding season. Yep. And there's a lot of good YouTube videos to teach people out there. And if your shop's good, they'll they'll take a minute to stop and kind of give you the uh, the rundown as to what they shouldn't shouldn't be doing when they're doing that. But there's still going to be that person's like, I know how to change a tube. I don't know how to do anything yeah. else. But yeah. how how do you preach to the person that is like, I, I want to stick with tubes because I know how to do that. But then they decide that they maybe want to do it, and they're just concerned about when they're going to be out and ride, and something catastrophic happens. I think the way that you do it is is like the you kind of meet them in the middle where yeah. you're like, hey, go take it to the shop, have them do tubeless for you. Sure. And then it's like when you have an issue on the road, you have tube ready to go. Yep. Slap it in there. 
Now those people do it'll need be, to, it'll be just it'll be messier. It's going to be messier yeah. for sure, but it's it's a little bit more of a process to get the tire on and off the beat. Um, yeah, that's a good well, point. Not, it's just to get it off the wheel to get the tube in there. Right. So that can be a little bit of a, a scuttlebutt. But the the same thing is is like if it was something catastrophic with their wheel, they're still going to have to take it off regardless. But just you got to teach them those little tricks. That little C channel right in the middle yeah. is going to make all the difference in the world. And if you've got a good um, tire lever and you know the different positions, because the, the the position you put yourself in to give yourself a mechanical advantage to be able to get that on there, Lance will tell you. Like you'll see somebody in here monkeying around with something. Like I'll, I'll say, hey, you want me to put that on yeah. for you? And <laughs> right. like they've been monkeying around with it for ten minutes. I'll come over and I'll have it on in three or four seconds. And it's yeah. like it's just the position that you put your body in, the way that you hold the tire, and and, and you know, work it on there. Right. Jake also has incredibly strong fingers. Well, remember that indie <laughs> wheel that I brought in? Yeah. And it was I don't remember what tires were on it, but it was like. This thing was so tight. There are certain wheel yeah, tire, tire combinations yeah. that are a pain. Yeah. And you still got it on there, but I couldn't get it on. I think I spent same thing as my older brother. I was like, I spent like like stupid amount of time. Like, like two hours in the garage. So yeah, I've been there. Your envy wheels, were they hooked or hookless? Let's throw another layer of dimension in Ooh. here. Uh they are hooked, I think. Hooked. So yeah. what that means is you've got the, the rim the rim the it's got the little yeah. lip that goes around the side here. So um, the inside and that's that's the part that the the wheel will the tire will actually mount to the wheel, that and it's got like a little it. bit of a hook on there. Like it comes down, and like you can see kind of where the the bead of the tire will kind of nestle up yeah. underneath, and yeah. it just keeps a nice firm um, connection there. And then there's a lot of wheels that are moving to a hookless setup now, and they just don't have a hook on there anymore for the uh, the tire to connect to. But right. it, it's still like just as safe if not safer and what's nice about it is the it's less of a process for the wheel manufacturer to produce oh but you need to be able to have a tire that's hookless compatible right and because it's uh, less of a process the wheels are actually going to become less expensive and oh. a little bit easier to make and they're going to be a little bit lighter and they're supposed to be a little bit more durable as well mm -hmm. uh, like if you take a hit or something like that it's supposed to based on the way that they lay the carbon up if it's carbon wheel um, it's supposed to be a good thing. And that's another point for the Pirelli P0 is that you can oh. run it on a hooked or a hookless Either setup, way. and the Continental has to be on a hooked setup. Yes. So um, that was another reason why I wanted to go that direction because um, there are certain wheels that we bring in here to the lab yeah. that are hookless. So Envy's wheels are all hookless, and these Continentals would not work yeah, on Envy wheels. Not all of the wheels, but there was it, a good chunk Envy of them. I think has gone like three different tiers. Yeah. 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 yeah, I remember reading about that. But the Pirelli P0s, those will work with... Everything. Any wheel yeah. setup. So, all right. Yep. I got to roll. You got to roll out of here. Can I go do the I'm swimmy late. swim? I'm late. Any any parting oh, thoughts on? Uh, Fifteen minutes late to swim. Oh, it's real not quick. That long of a swim. Uh, one last yeah. thing. You, one last thing. Yeah. Tell us about your upcoming video. Uh, I have a video coming up tomorrow that I can't really talk about, but Ooh, you guys should top secret you should stuff. Tune in because I'm excited for that. There's some great videos coming up. A lot of gear. I'm going to try and give away as much stuff as I can, so you guys should definitely tune in and um, I think we can say out. this, that okay. Matt's going to be running through a new product coming out yes. tomorrow. I do Can't talk, say what it is. Yeah, I talk about products a lot on my channel, and yeah. so uh, it is a new product. And our cycling friends, as well as our triathlon friends, are both going to probably yeah. enjoy said It'll, product. It fits, so. with, it fits with the channel very nicely, and yeah. it's, a, it's a product that we're excited about. Exactly. And, uh, and it's something that, you know, I'm excited to um, get out and, and show people. Yep. So. I am. 
I'd say by the time this comes out, but I guess people are watching, watching it live. <laughs> I know. We used to be able to do that. We used <laughs> to be able to do that before YouTube. When you're yeah. listening, um, you can go back to Matt's channel. And that's youtube.com forward slash M Legrand. Yes. Go check it out. Subscribe. Do the things. It just crossed 7,000. Did yeah. you really? Yeah. Congratulations, Matt. Another, like party. Yeah. Where the, where's the, where's party? the fireworks? We need Ooh, some party. Hold yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, well, hold on, hold on. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> or the laugh track. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <there> <laughs> Yep, and we'll do something big for ten thousand, maybe. Nice. I don't know what we're gonna do. Yep. Um, is we'll do is something? Is uh, you're gonna tag team out of here today? It, That's it, what I thought. It I didn't like, look like it. Evan popped in and then popped and right run, back huh? out. I know. Yeah. I was like, perfect timing. I gotta go. You take over. But I'll go. I'll yell at him and be like, <laughs> okay. take over the mic. Sounds good. All, All right, right Matt. Have hey a guys. good swim, man. Yep. We'll, we'll catch you later. Um, yep. What else you got, Lance? You want to talk about mountain bike tires and cyclocross tires that's a little a, bit more, like a, tire selection? That's a whole nother ball game. Um, I don't know if you want to go that far. Do you want to go that far? I think that it makes sense. We can talk about it for a little bit. we got a little bit more time. Um, let's just talk about like how we go through our making our tire choices. Like What is it that we're looking for for all tires? Um, and I'm going to start with road. And I will actually use two different tires throughout the course of the year. In the wintertime, when it's kind of crappy out and the road conditions can be a little less than desirable like you might see a little bit more debris out there from different parts and pieces that are hitting the road um i'll uh see Matt. Bye, Matt. <laughs> um, I, I actually want to run with a different tire and, and I, the the continental has been good but i'm going to stick with the pirelli and they have got that centrano which is um got that extra layer of protection i do not want to be changing a tire for any reason at all, when it's 40 degrees and, and raining out, it's just miserable taking your gloves off. It hurts your hands. It's hard getting it off. It's a yes. mess. I just don't want to deal with that. So if I can add an extra layer of protection, I'm going to do that. Um, and I'm going to How much? They're not that much heavier, but they are a bit heavier. They are. I believe they're pretty much in line with what the, the Continental GP 5000 weighs. I think I can double check that, but I'm pretty sure it's pretty close to that. So you're not taking a huge weight penalty. It's not like you went from the Continental GP 5000 to the Continental Gator Skin Hard Shells. There was a significant difference right. between those. But I'm going to jump up to that tire. And then as soon as the weather starts to look a little bit nicer, um, I'm going to take those off. And a couple things are going to happen. My bike's going to lighten up. The wheels are going to spin up a little bit faster. Yeah. I'm going to get a little bit better grip on the road. And I'm going to have a racier tire on there. And that's going to feel really good after coming through a winter of training so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that i'm gonna be a, a, a two-tire person for the course yeah. of the year that's my my deal how I, about you i you know i've just stuck with the with the lighter tires sure uh, i will probably just do that year round you think so uh mostly because a lot of times during the winter you're, i'm you're snowboarding it dude. i <laughs> might end up in a warmer climate yes. where i would rather have the other tire so i'll yep. probably just roll especially if they're lasting two thousand miles i'm not yeah i'm not going to change them that often gotcha so. gotcha um let's talk about uh gravel gravel tires have uh, there's a, a, a slew of different tires you can choose from and i think that starts to boil down to what kind of gravel riding you like to do but uh, what kind of gravel tire do you use and i'm choosing these days on my bmc urs that i'm riding um it has the wtb rattler something like that yeah i think on it that was a stock tire it came with it was a stock tire it came with i've left them on their their 40s uh-huh um are they 40s or 42s i think mine are 40s Think they might be 42s but See, that's i don't remember tomato tomato is pretty damn close regardless even on like flatter like smoother courses i've uh -huh. left those 42s on there yeah um just because the, the the flat protection is just better so the thing i'm always looking for on my gravel tires is uh is rolling resistance 
Sure. Uh, because I'm racing these tires. I'm not just riding them. And so I'm always looking for something that has less of a knob right on the top of the more of a file tread. More of a file tread, Correct. but something with a little bit on the a little bit of knobs on the edges so that it will hold corners sure. for me. Sure. So um that that's what I'm always kind of looking for. I, almost all gravel races, it very rarely do you want something less than a 40. Yeah. Um, some race well, promoters say you you could you should you know 35s are fine here or 32s yeah. are fine. I've well, we had just never done that. Daniel or Dylan Johnson on a few weeks back, he was talking about the the rolling resistance being better with the bigger tires, and he was actually he'd gone from a 40 to a 45, and he was actually going to be testing and looking at the idea of maybe even going up to a 50. If I'm not mistaken, or something I think like he that. He said something like that. Yeah. But, or maybe it was a 40 to a 45 that he was jumping up to. But whatever the case in point was, um, the research that he was doing was showing that uh, a wider tire and a bigger tire was providing better rolling resistance. Yeah. I mean, why would you not want the wider tire yeah. if it's less rolling resistance? And, and he, he did all right this past weekend, right? He did. He, uh, he did a 150 mile race and took fourth. Yes. Yes. With some heavy hitters. Yeah. Behind Lawrence Temdam. I'm, yeah, I can't remember which boy race he was in. Was it was Gravel Loco or something? It like was that? Uh, Gravel Loco. So yeah. we'll, we'll get to that. Behind Lawrence Tendam and Colin Strickland. That's, yeah. Colin Strickland <laughs> won uh, uh, Unbound uh-huh. two years ago. Yep. Uh, Lawrence Tendam is a EF Education Pro World Tour writer yeah. that is taking the summer to race gravel events. Sure. So, uh, yeah, and Dylan was fourth in that field. He actually beat Peter Stetna and Ted King. Jeez, good on him, but which both had flat issues. Um, I'm still, and I'm guessing Dylan did not because Dylan beat Peter by 13 minutes, and Peter had several flats Mm -hmm. and had to boot and tube tires. So, and I'm guessing that that uh, Dylan didn't. Yeah, I wonder if Dylan ran the tire inserts that he was talking about with us. I can't remember the name of those, but that's another question: is like tire inserts for gravel. I mean, how much of a necessity would you say that it is? Well, it sure is peace of mind. Yeah. So I've been racing with tire inserts this whole last year mm-hmm. uh, on my gravel bike, and um, I haven't had a tire issue on no. And any you're running at race. a pretty low tire pressure in comparison yep. to where you were at before, which was already relatively low. Yeah. Where are you at with your your tire pressure right now? Um, if it is a muddy, rough course, I'm running like 25 and 24. Wow. If it is a pretty smooth course with half pavement, uh-huh. I'll run 30 28. Uh-huh. So, which is which is not that low. Yeah. But uh but with the tire inserts in there, oh my gosh. It just the tire grabs so it just, nice. It does. And you just I mean, at Shasta Gravel Hugger this year, the the crux of the whole race was the fact was this one three mile Jeep trail section, sure. which was nasty, ruddy, muddy, snow covered, big rocks. And I ripped it through there because I had 42s on my bike and tire inserts. Uh-huh. And I just had confidence to just go. Mm-hmm. And that made a difference in that race. Um, so I, I'm super fond of the tire inserts. It just makes everything feel better for yep. me yep do you think it helps keep the tire on keep you yeah to, it lessens the likelihood of a burp <clears throat> the actual design of it um part of the insert goes up the edge of the tire and it 
<clears throat> gives a little bit more sidewall support so that you don't burp as easily. Yeah. The drawback with tire inserts, if I have to stop and tube a tire in a race, <laughs> freaking race Huge is hassle. Yeah. It's Huge like, hassle. It's a hassle to... And, and then what do you do with the insert? Get a word around your chest, you like Rambo, and your uh, you get a word around your chest, or <laughs> chuck it in the closest garbage can. You yeah. know, and they're expensive too. That's another thing. It's like a set of Crush Cores retail for about 150 bucks. Correct. That's not cheap. Nope, it's not cheap. But they do last for a long time. And the last thing with the Cush Core, now I can't remember the stuff that Dylan was using, but the Cush Cores are a little bit on the heavy side. They're heavier. Yes. There, there is uh, another couple brands out which are significantly lighter. Yeah. Which I can't remember the name of them. Well, right I know Victoria is one of them. I can't remember the other one that he was talking about. Though. I've got to write down some notes somewhere to, to call, and I just haven't gotten around to it yeah. yet. But um, yeah, curious. I love the inserts. Gotcha. Um, I, w- I will always have them on my gravel and mountain bikes. So when these WTP tires wear out, what are you going to roll next? Um, I've had really good luck with the Schwalbe 1s uh-huh. and with the, uh, um, what's the other one? Dolly MXOs? Uh, yes. The Maxxis Ramblers? Yeah, and the Maxxis Ramblers. Yep. Yep. Those have been great bike, uh, great tires uh, for gravel. And they've improved them in the last couple of years as well. But, oh, my gosh, there's so many tires out there. They're, they really are course-dependent. Tires yeah. are a lot more course-dependent in gravel yeah. races. I had those um, those uh, WTBs that you have on there. Were the Rattlers? Is that what they're called? I think so. I think that's what they're called. I had those on there, and I actually quite liked those for a while. They worked really, really well until they didn't. I got a couple tire slits in them, and just they, they failed on me. So I, I tossed those. I'm like, I'm going to try something new. And I ran with the the next one was the Continental Terra Speed. I adored those you tires, like those. and they lasted way longer than I anticipated. I can remember thinking, like, all right, I'm going to have to change these at the end of the summer because they're just a full, like, file tread kind of deal. And I was thinking as soon as, the, like, the leaves started to fall and the, it started to get wet and muddy and whatnot that they were just going to start breaking loose, they just didn't. Yeah. And the only reason why I changed them out is because they were, like, done, done. Like, there was literally nothing left on them. And so I switched over to the um, the Pirelli gravel tire, the Cintronos. Um I like them and I don't like them Uh, for the hard pack stuff and for riding when you're on the road. I do not like them at all. They don't corner very well on the road. They do not corner well on the road at all. Um, But on the the single track stuff or like a little bit chunkier gravel or um, a little bit more technical sections, they do really well. And they have really good rolling resistance. So you kind of have to be course dependent on whether or not you're going to yeah. use those if it's the right course i think they're going to do fantastic if you're going to be on a ro- um, a course that's going to have some really hard packed gravel or some roads that you're gonna have to ride on i would not suggest those tires yeah that's just my two cents yeah i've been really happy with the 12 ones and the and the uh maxis ramblers gotcha. those are good and let's touch on mountain bikes real quick and then we'll jump into the other stuff and wrap this thing up um how are you going about choosing your mountain bike tires these days? Uh, I choose a 2.2 um, kind of cross-country specific tire because that's the kind of racing and riding sure. I'm doing. I don't... Th- there, there are so many different choices with, with it, mountain bike tires. It spins your head. There's so it, many choices. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, downhill tires and trail tires are very different than cross-country tires. Yeah. I want a tire that will spin up quickly and that has good rolling resistance but can still grip in soft corners. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, Pirelli came out with a couple different ones um, that I have loved, and I've been racing those the last, well, this whole 
season. That's I've, that's what I've been racing. Is that Scorpion? Is that what they are? I think Scorpion. There's like an M and there's an H and one has a little bit bigger. S and yeah. yeah. And that the M would be like a medium compact, medium pack. A hard pack would be the H and the S would be the soft. So they've got different tire choices. And that's... That's the tough part. It's like with mountain biking, it's like it's really dependent upon what you're doing. So you almost have to have right. a tire based on what kind of riding you're going to be doing. Now, if you live in an area and you ride the same stuff pretty consistently and you don't really venture outside of that right. zone, then that makes life easy. But for somebody like you, you're all over the place. You could be in Moab one weekend or you could be up in like some Pacific Northwest, like sloppy, you know, single track trail the next weekend. And then Washington, the- Oregon, trail conditions are very different yeah. than than um, Central Oregon or or Utah. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you pick a tire? Because you, you're not the type of person that's going to put a tire on for every single kind of ride that you're going to be doing. You're not going to have multiple tire wheel sets that you're going to be changing. I based have on. not done that. So no. do you just kind of find something that's like kind of in the middle and does everything okay and not necessarily one thing that does what you're doing that day exceptionally well? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I pick a tire that I think is going to be the fastest race tire for me. Just all around? All around. But and you're you're going to be doing a race like you'll do the Coast Hills Classic is going to be wildly different than the Sister Stampede. Correct. Sister so, Stampede will have soft, blown-out corners, and Coast Hills Classic will be muddy, nasty stuff. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to be on the wrong tire for one of those races. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. So a, a little tip there, too, is if you've got some friends that have been riding for a long time or there's people that ride where you live all the time and they've got some really fast times, don't don't be afraid to say, hey, what, what tire are you riding? Yeah. You know, or if you've got friends that are like ex-motocrossers that are now doing a lot of mountain biking stuff, I that's where I get a lot of my knowledge from is from talking to people that we know on our team yeah. that are like the motocross guys that really know like touch and feel and they'll start to explain the little nuances to you that maybe you didn't think about or maybe you haven't tried yet and they'll explain to you how that tire is going to perform and where it bites and where it gives that actually has been very helpful for me one of the things i learned from motocross racers uh, racers is my my front tire i have a little bit bigger uh-huh. side knob than my rear tire uh-huh. i actually don't run the same tires front and rear yeah um I have more of a more grip on my front tire so that my wheel will hold in corners. Yeah. My front wheel will hold in corners. Generally you don't you don't lose you don't lose grip in your rear wheel. You lose it in the front and yeah, wash, front out. wash out. Yep. Yeah. Now here's another thing that I have discovered that really has changed the way that I look at tires. And this is something that I've should have known for a long time. Like I've known, but I've never like I haven't experienced it. And I've been racing and riding mountain bikes for the longest time and i've just now in the past like literally like the past two months have finally been able to embrace and use this even though i've had one for the last two years and that is a dropper post and that you're gonna be like really just now well the problem is is the bikes that i've had all the way up until i got hit by the car and had my accident and wasn't able to do anything mountain bike related for a long time had all been like a fixed seat post cross-country mountain bike and that was the thing forever and a day and that's right when dropper posts were starting to become more of a thing you were starting to see it kind of make its way into the cross-country arena and more right. people were riding those i'm like oh that's fine and well and like in theory that works well but i'm fine with this i can do this i can you know it is what it is and then finally it was about two years ago and some change i got um a, a new bmc four stroke that had the built-in dropper post to it i never really got to use it because i was never comfortable on the mountain bike because it always hurt my shoulder yeah. and so i was just like kind of tiptoeing down anything and even getting off and walking sections just because i was afraid if i was going to fall i was going to hurt myself yeah. well fast forward to about 
uh, a month and a half ago. I've got my current four stroke. It's got the dropper post on there. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this. I'm going to try a bunch of different things. I'm going to try to get back on the bike to see if I can acclimate my shoulder. I'm going to try to use some of these other things that I know in theory should help me out. Getting that dropper post down so I can drop my body weight down and get some of that pressure off my shoulder is yeah. something that I wanted to try. Did it, and oh my gosh, did that make the biggest difference in the world. It was fantastic. And the way that I was using the tires, I'm like, I can feel the tires working now. I can feel the way that they're biting into the how dirt they grip. Can, and yeah. how they're turning. And I can kind of feel that little that little point that we were talking about of where they're gonna like, you know, want to give or wash or start to break loose. And it made all the difference in the world. And so I can really appreciate a tire now much more because of the dropper post when I'm on a mountain True. bike. True. So, yeah. sorry, that was a long story to tell you that dropper posts are cool. Well, uh, the other thing with dropper posts, uh, you don't need a dropper post to do these races or or ride these trails, no. yeah. but you will be faster with the dropper faster. post it, it, it when helps, you learn how to use it. It when helps with yeah. confidence, too. Like, we were doing our little team ride, and I was riding behind one of the, the ladies on the team, and, and she was, like, I could see that it was all about her center of gravity being just way too high. Way too high. And, but you, you can get your hips back, and you can kind of get over the seat post and, and get your, like, come down, and, like, the seat post, or the seat's really going to be up in your stomach. And that that's not, like, happy times for a lot of people. It's, like, kind of a comfortable, uncomfortable thing. If you've got that right. dropper post, that's going to help them out a lot. Just and I think that if I had her on a dropper post where you just get the seat out of the way and let her put her body where it naturally feels most comfortable, right. it's going to make a huge difference in her riding. Huge. Yes. So that's just my two cents. All right. I agree. We've rambled on a lot about tires today. We got one question. Go ahead. Coming from uh, Jesse Tonkinson. Talk. Um, how have your tire inserts changed your approach to tires? Next frontier of the selection algorithms? I have him on my gravel bike. I'm still, the jury's still out with me. I don't think it's going to be earth changing for me thus far. But then again, I haven't gone out and put it through the paces like Lance has in a really treacherous stuff. I've only been riding some of the local stuff here. I haven't been doing some of the bigger gravel rides. Um, That's going to be happening for me very soon. So Lance can speak to this much better than I can. Uh, One of the things is um, your, your sidewall thread count is not as important if you have um if you have tire inserts in sure mo this is a this is a mountain bike yeah you know thing where you know usually they come in either 60 thread count or a 120 thread count uh-huh. and if you're doing hairball crazy stuff you want the higher thread count protection yeah 120 is more protection from sidewall cuts um, but you get even more protection with the with the tire inserts in there, so yeah. it it changes it a little bit. Yeah, you can run a lower tire pressure, and the the tire ends up like almost conforming to the object that's trying to penetrate it. So if you think of like a, a balloon, if you blow up a balloon like really firm and tight, and you take something and you poke it, it's going to pop a lot easier than if you just blow it up halfway and you push it into the balloon. Yeah. The balloon's just going to conform to said object, right? And you just you've got more compliance there. It, it's it's just confidence. The, yep. the you have way more confidence in hitting sharp stuff or rough stuff or just hugs yeah. or hug stuff. It yeah. just it, it yeah. I'm I'm a believer. Yeah, I'm 100 percent behind you with yep. that. So I just don't know if it's like earth changing, earth shattering, and, and you absolutely positively have to have it. It's a nice add on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can get away without it. You but can. I think having it, it's just an extra layer of protection and confidence that it's worth uh, a, you know 150 bucks. Sure. So in the hassle of getting it in there. So good stuff. I haven't said that in a while either. So it goes along with your glorious. Um, how about this? Do you want to do your whole uh, this thing? Champ here. I'm all 
about having fun. You know, get a couple of cocktails in me. Start the cocktails in someone's kitchen. Maybe go to SeaWorld, take my pants off. All right, that's enough of that. Go ahead. Champ here. What's up, Champ? Okay, uh, there, yes, we still have the Giro that we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. Yep. It is happening. Um, Egon Bernal is kind of running away with it. Is he really? Yes. So he is, he, um, it is Monday morning. He won today's stage again, mountaintop finish. Um, he now has like a two and a half minute lead. So he is kind of pulling away. Egon Who's Bernal. in second place? Is it Remco? Remco no. lost 23 minutes today. What? He's out of the top 10. Why? What happened? Um, mechanical, a crash or no crack or what? Today was actually supposed to be like a, like a 120 mile stage and it was pouring rain and nasty. They cut it in like half and I, I, and the descents were treacherous because of the rain. And I don't know, Bernal just kind of ran away with it. Um, Simon Yates was in second, but he lost like three minutes today. And so I don't even know who's in second right now. Some dude that rides bikes. Yeah. Some other dude that rides bike, but it's kind of been. Egon, Egon show, yeah, Egon yeah. show. So. What's left in the the Giro? I don't know. <laughs> That's a more question. For is it Evan. is it a full another week? I think of, it's a whole. And another they'll week. wrap things up this weekend. Yeah, I think so. So uh, he's sitting pretty proud, pretty strong. It's yeah. his to lose, and he can time trial. Yeah, he's not bad he's, at time trial. Yeah, he, he can crack though. Yeah, he can crack. But you know, his back—if it's better than where he was the yeah. Tour de France last year—I mean, he's he's riding great. Yeah. So, good on him. Is he going to be going to the tour and working in a uh, support role, or are they going to put him out there to be their their main guy? That remains to be seen. Hmm. <laughs> Stay tuned. Ineos Grandos has lots of hitters, so should be interesting. Gotcha. Um, other than that, there was like four big gravel races this week. It was like the gravel weekend to race bikes. Gotcha. So we talked a little bit about Gravel Locos, was, which was a Texas gravel race. It was 155 miles. Wow. Uh, the cool thing about the Gravel Locos, based in Hico, Texas, some tiny little town, it was free. They did not charge um, admission. That was interesting. For, yeah. Whatever they, they made it free, but it was a um, it's a fundraiser for even though they had fully supported, uh, you know, aid stations and yeah, yeah. and timing and all that stuff. Um, they they asked for donations and all the donations went to the local um, fire department, I believe the Hico fire department, yeah. something like that. So generally, when they when people do stuff like that, I feel like they end up making more money than they would have had they had just pretty a cool. race entry. Everybody's so. gonna, everybody's gonna, it's for a good cause. Everybody's gonna, gonna give something. In. Yeah, yeah. I think um, it, it ended up being. I, I, am I confusing that with the rule of three? Anyway, anyway, the gravel locos race. <laughs> there were two races, and there were all these hitters that went to. There were several that went to one, several that went to another, and I'm confusing them all. But the Gravel Locos race in Texas, it ended up being won by Lawrence Tendam, who okay. is an education first yes. racer. Yep. And he's doing kind of some gravel races this year. Yeah, these are all tune up races. Like these aren't generally people's A races. These are tune up races Correct. for Unbound that's coming up in what, a week and a half or two, two weeks? weeks or yep. Something like that. Yeah. Two weeks is Unbound. And and uh, second place was Colin Strickland. Yep. Which he's he won um Unbound two years ago. And for those that aren't Scratching his saying, "What's unbound?" That used to be known as Dirty, Dirty Kansas. Kansas. Yep. yep. 
Uh, Dylan Johnson, we had him on the show. He was fourth, which is fantastic. I just talked about Peter Stetna. Yep. He dealt with some flats. This is, I think, the only gravel race he has not won that he has entered this year. Wow. Uh, Samuel Boardman was there. Ted King ended up seventh. Hold on, time out, time out. Ted King got seventh place. Tell What happened to Ted King a couple weeks ago? Three weeks ago, he crashed and uh, shattered his... Detonated his collarbone? His collarbone. Broke yeah. it in three pieces. Yeah. And he's out doing a 150-mile race three weeks later. He had surgery the next day. Oh, my gosh. So bolted him back together, and I, I, I don't I understand it. I can't wrap my head around that. But I mean, he was riding within three days. Yeah, I can't wrap my head around that. That's just nuts. I don't understand it either. I, I don't know how he did it. I... I it's some people's pain tolerance is just different, yeah. or his body just... He, I don't know, but Ted King raced three weeks after a shattered collarbone and still took seventh. That is incredible. The weirdest thing, um, Tyler Pierce, the vegan cyclist, yeah. ended up 10th. Good for him. I mean, he's a roadie. Not just that, he's like a amateur there's that, but he's... Which is awesome. He's like a YouTube guy that that bikes really well, and he showed up, and he just re-raced out of his head. But I think since his channel's taken off, I think that he's realized what his true potential is, and he's really changed gears in terms of, like, he's got a company, he's got a business, right? Yeah. And then yeah. he's kind of, like, taking his hands off of that and really dive right into this whole YouTube thing, and he's growing that channel. And I think that that's forced him to really focus on his cycling, and he's discovering that he's a lot, a hell of a lot better of a cyclist yeah. than he ever probably was. So he's getting all the right input. He's getting all the right coaching. He's getting all the right advice, and, and it's just coming together extremely well just for him. amazing. It's fantastic. On the women's side, it was won by Emmeline Newsom. Um, she won by uh, like almost 25 minutes to second place. Yeah. But the story was second place. Um, Allison Tetrick and Jessica Sierra rode the last 50 miles together in a truce and tied. Seriously? Yes. In a truce. Yeah. They, they basically, okay. Newsom was up the road. Yeah. They weren't going to win. And they're like, Hey, let's just. Why don't we just why don't we just ride this together and just finish this <laughs> together? Yeah. Because we're not gonna win. Yeah. I, I, I don't know exactly what the conversation was, but they rode across the finish line arm in arm and 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 made sure that they knew everybody that they tied. One of them had issues and the other one stopped and uh -huh. waited. Um they went to the you know the the aid stations and like fueled up together and didn't attack each other in aid stations. That's fantastic. And they just like they rode it in together, which I thought was pretty stinking. How awesome. big was their field? Just out of curiosity, because I mean, they still had to, to keep the the people behind them off. So I mean, it's not like they were just lollygagging in. I don't know how big the field was, but they were a half hour ahead of. Uh, oh really? Forty minutes ahead of second. Of uh, so they had place. plenty of cushion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right on. So the other big race was called the Rule of Three. It was in Bentonville. Um, Arkansas, uh, yeah, I guess we should mention that too. The um, vegan cyclist, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. He actually, um, this is this is coming from Jeff Elliott on off of YouTube. Uh, he's also coming back from an injury. He uh, he did this huge seven hundred and fifty mile um, gravel ride across Death Valley. Um, it, one of his, uh, his his impossible route YouTube series. Yeah, and on the last day, he was like showing off and skidding into the parking lot and and his tire slipped out he fell and broke his femur 
<laughs> Whoops. So he just kind of cracked the the top of the femur. And so he was off the bike for like four solid weeks. Yeah. But he's already came back yeah. this strong and ended up top 10. Yep. Yeah, just kind good of amazing. Him, yeah. So good for him. Uh, okay, the other big race was in Bentonville, Arkansas, called the Rule of Three. Uh-huh. Uh, three being uh, tarmac, gravel, and single track. So th- this was a 100-mile race. Um, and there were a bunch of people that showed up to this. Uh, Pace McCalvin was there. Um, Ian Boswell, also a World Tour pro, yep. <laughs> he showed up at this race. Um, I don't know uh, who ended up. Actually, Ian ended up winning. Or pardon me, Pace McKelvin ended up winning, beating Ian Boswell by a pretty solid margin. But uh, Ian, this is also another cool story in gravel. Go ahead, tell it. <laughs> so. Um, these guys get out. This race started with like, uh, oh, no, no, that was the other one. The Bentonville, Arkansas race. It was, again, a mud fest. Kind of, uh, it rained the whole time. But Payson um, was able to stay. They they got through a first like 50 mile sections. At mile 50, they hit a road section and Ian Boswell just drilled it. Uh-huh. For like a solid hour and a half drilled it and only Payson and one other guy Kevin Gherkins who I'm not sure who that is was able to stay with with him so but they all worked together it wasn't just Ian sitting on the front pulling them okay for- so for the first 30 minutes they were all working together uh-huh and towards the end of this section Payson was taking his pulls and Ian said Payson this is your race to win. Get on my wheel. Seriously? Yes. There was a, near the end of the race, this was a 100-mile race, The there was a 10-mile single track section and then 10 miles of road before sure. the finish. And Ian Boswell, not a lot of off-road experience. And Payson McKelvin, it's like ex-pro mountain bike guy? Yeah. And World-class. World-class, um, former U.S. champ in, in mountain bike cross, yeah. mountain bike marathon. Uh-huh. So, yeah, he, he, he knows has... His, knows his way around. Yes. Single track, yeah. So Ian's, you know, Boswell says, Payson, this is your waist to win. Get on my wheel. Like, quit taking pulls. Let me do the work here. Once we hit the single track, you can go. So that's what Payson did. I mean, that's pretty... That's pretty stinking cool. So, that is awesome. I don't know how long he won by, but um, I had a hard time finding results for this race because it was also kind of... You and I were talking about this yesterday while we were on our ride. We were talking about these rides and races and whatnot, and something came up when we were talking about these. Uh, who sanctions all of these gravel races? That's a great question. It's not USA Cycling because exactly. no. they don't have gravel thing. So they're all kind of doing their own thing, and that then begged the question of like, well, if they're not sanctioned, how do they know that they're clean how do they know that people aren't doing stuff or that's a good question i don't know i, I don't want to question it because i think that there's just something pure and fun about gravel right now and it's exciting it is. but in the same breath it's like oh i sure hope that we're not seeing a bunch of people out there doing uh less than um i don't want to believe that's things. the case yeah however so uh, giant factory uh, off-road team were all out there carl yep. decker joshua yep. berry tristan all um i think Joshua Berry and Tristan Ull took fourth and fifth uh-huh. in this race. They did well. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know where Carl Decker ended up, but I mean, with World Tour pros ended up, you know, rolling, and um, it ended up being a good thing. This is this is interesting. Hold on a second. I, I got something to bring up with you. Hey, Eb, 
Am I allowed to come in? Yes, you are. Yes. Oh, come on here, sit down. We got Evan Price. He's got his uh, intern with him. We're <laughs> 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 just showing her around the shop, and we are. She's we are... going to tell our instructors that she got forced onto a podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> we are live on YouTube, just so you know. <laughs> Nicole, um, <laughs> this is the Dial Podcast, just in case you were wondering. If you scoot over a little bit, that way people there you can go. see you can say hi. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so in this gravel race, um, guess who showed up and raced the team event? Who? Lance Armstrong. Seriously? Yes. Wait, really? Yes. So Was he allowed? Well, it's not it's not USA sanctioned. I'm it's completely not, jumping into this right now, but that's awesome. Yeah, okay. so I have no idea actually how he did because I could not find results for this. Yeah, but I know Lance. The one of the hundred mile race options was you could do it with a team where one person did thirty three miles, the next person did thirty three miles, and and Armstrong did it with the team. I don't know who his other teammates were either, but I just know that Armstrong showed up and actually did the race. That's interesting. We were talking about the fact that the gravel racing really isn't sanctioned by anybody, so it's like it's kind of like wild true. west yeah. out there. And it's like you don't know because if it's not are. USAC, then he can yeah. he can race. Yeah, well, there's that, and then it's just like, well, do we know that all these guys are clean? Not that we're we're questioning anybody at this juncture, yeah. but it's like who's overseeing this and who's making sure that like you know. Who, kind of who won this last weekend? Cues. Did Dylan win? Uh, Dylan was fourth at a different Gravel, race in Gravel Texas. Yeah. yeah, that's one thing. Is, is uh, it was Lawrence Tendam won. Yeah, really? Tendam's doing gravel now. He's actually where was Stetna? Was Stetna, Stetna was fifth? He had some. Oh, wow. He had some uh, flats. Yeah. Yeah, several flats. He had to actually boot and tube to finish the race oh for flats. Yeah. So Stetna was fourth. Yeah. Um, Colin Strickland was second. Strickland's a beast. Uh, but that all guy those guys are going to be doing um, unbound gravel in uh, Kansas in Just two under weeks. two weeks, yeah. And yeah. that was Dylan's A race, right, when he was talking yes. about it? Yeah. yeah it was triple A race, according to him. Triple yeah. A. Yeah. <laughs> the race. But yeah, that he ended up fourth was fantastic. That's yeah. awesome. The other side, Pace McKelvin won, and uh, Ian Boswell was second. This was a different race in Arkansas? Different race yeah. in Arkansas, in yeah. Bentonville, Arkansas. Yeah. Boswell's going to be a threat. Is he going to unbound, too? He is. He'll be a threat of Unbound. Yes, he will. Absolutely, he will. Two hundred mile race. Yeah, he was part of the Sky Train for a good portion of his career. Yeah. yeah. So, the gravel racing was off the hook. It was kind of exciting. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. we touched on the Giro. We didn't talk about it in too much yeah. detail, other than the fact that I e- just got caught up this morning. Fully, Egon's got a little bit of a, a lead. Anything that you want to lend us going into the last week of Egon? The Giro? Egon looks un- unbeatable. There's okay. there's nobody even close to him right now. He's already up like two and a half minutes and right it, now, and it's a it's a firm two and a half. Like the the moves he made were dominant moves. Like they were. It's when it mattered. He went on the Zocalon, dropped Yates. He, uh, in this last stage... Yates lost like three minutes or something just oh. today. And in this last stage, Bernal just went off by himself. Halfway up the last climb, descended well, and then just stayed away. Did you so, see that Remco lost 23 minutes today? Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like... So we'll say it's his... I have a friend of mine who said Remco was going to win. That's the only time I think I've been <laughs> correct in a Grand Tour, and I said there's absolutely no chance this guy wins the Giro. So it's safe to say that it's his race to lose. What mm-hmm. scenario, other than like a crash or something mechanical or whatnot, what scenario could you see him not winning the Giro at this point? Egon, um... Is there anybody sitting out losing, there that... No, because, I mean, unless he just blows up in the time trial. Think so? Absolutely blows up. But the the guys that are close to him aren't going to out time trial him. Gotcha. Like there's no suit. Like like, like it's not like Remco is a minute off. If Remco was a minute off of him right now, I'd say like Egon's in trouble. He yeah. he's got to go for it. If there was one person that you could point your finger at and say that person would be the person, if anybody were to Bardet. 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 If he gets away one day, think so. But 
Bernal will out time trial him. Gotcha. Yeah. So Bardet needs to like Floyd Landis break away. Right. <laughs> like what, what year was that? 2003 or whatever. Like Floyd Landis get 20 minutes on the field. Yeah. Bardet's going to have to do that. Yeah. Gotcha. Cool. Out there. Yeah. Fun times. All right. That's mm-hmm. it. That's enough race and talk. And? Champ out. Thank you. <laughs> We're right. champ. I'm shocked I caught this this early right now. Oh, no. We no. we already went through everything. We, we saved we, it for the last. Saved oh, you did? I was yeah. about to say, I was like, did I just go back in time right there? I thought that we were. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but we jump into one last thing. Do you want to talk I one get, last thing? I get to interview uh, or introduce Nicole here and put the pressure on her with my one last thing. <laughs> so, so, so who's Nicole? Hi, Nicole. N- N- Nicole is a student <laughs> at the at the endurance like, lab now. What is going on here? She, Did she, you wake up this morning and think that you're going to be live on YouTube? Uh, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> this this goes into her clinical experience, by the way. Uh, your your professors, you can just mark this down as like a full day of treatment for you. So we get thousands of people that listen to this um, every week on our podcast, and it, it's pretty much in about 34 different countries now. Wow, that's amazing. It's it's pretty nuts that people actually want to listen to us talk about bike-related stuff. But yeah, they come for the mustache. That's yes, exactly. (laughs) This is the only reason I grew a mustache this year before this podcast. We started this little foray into um, the the YouTube lands. We started streaming live for our podcast officially. It was back in January. January, I think. So, and you know, we'll get we'll get some watches and some listens there, and it's continually can grow every single week, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. fun. Yep, and Nicole will be here for eight weeks, correct? Yes. Yes, eight weeks. Where do you hail from? Are you from the from? Vancouver area? No, um, Newburgh, North Carolina. Oh, oh. Newburgh, North Carolina. <laughs> she has flown into the Pacific Northwest only a couple days ago. Wow. What hike did you go on today? Um, I don't know how to pronounce Ladder, ladder. Latourell. Is that Falls. what you Thank you, Lance. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful back there. It was. It was very nice. What do you think about the Columbia Gorge? Oh, it's beautiful. Isn't I it? could have just sat there all day. And it's pretty amazing. Yes. You yeah. timed it really well. Coming right now for the next eight yeah, weeks. This is the best you time. You can't here. find another. Well, granted, the the fall colors are pretty beautiful here too. But they in are. terms of like, but like, the rain and sun. But the waterfalls were pumping today, probably. Because <laughs> yeah. 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 we we've been raining all day. Yeah. You'll see a little bit of weather, and it won't be like crazy hot. But June and July here are spectacular. So oh, well played. Well played. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. One last thing, Evan. You want to do a one last thing real quick? Um, I'm really tired today because Josh tried to kill me yesterday. Yeah. That's my one last thing. <laughs> We were supposed to do an off-the-bike, hey, this is Josh's Ironman pace because he's getting ready for Coeur d'Alene coming up. And we decided to race each other for an hour instead and shred each other's legs <laughs> and be dead at the end, and Cassie got mad at me. So, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> it, was, it was absolutely a blast and terrible all at the same time. We got rained on in Hillsboro, but Oof. yeah. it. Yeah, my wife mentioned that she saw you out riding on Saturday. Couple times, yeah, you yeah. I was out by their little group. I was trying out the new position of Vancouver Lake. Yeah, I like did, it. Do you like I that? Like it. I'm now in this like, I got to do one more workout to see if I actually want to bring the aero pads in because it felt really comfortable. And did now it? I'm like in this internal mental crisis if I need to actually adjust the position or not. Have you heard people say before, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, I know. This yeah. is this is one thing. I got to do one more <laughs> test of Vancouver Lake, and if it's not broke, then we're definitely not going to try gotcha. and fix it. So. Well, I'm glad that that worked out for you. Cool. Um, Lance, you have one last thing? Sure. Uh, shout out to my daughter, Kelty. How old is she? She's 23? Maybe she's 24. I don't remember how old my own daughter is. I'm in You're trouble. You're terrible, Lance. Um, she was just hired to work on a Miramax film set Seriously? for the month of June that is filming wow. in Utah as um, 
one of the assistants to the uh, AD, one of the assist the assistant director. She's the assistant assistant director. She's, <laughs> she's something like that. The but assistant to the assistant. The fact <laughs> that she got offered a job to work on an actual Miramax big budget film shooting in in Utah, she's yeah. uh, it's it's pretty exciting for her. That is very exciting. Yeah. Well, since you're talking about her, how are your other two kids doing? Real quick. They're they're all doing great. My youngest daughter Darby is working here um, uh, as a personal assistant to an office manager here in town for the summer and lake my oldest son is working in moab utah as a river guide this summer he's one of the most jealous of he's got the coolest job in america yeah Yeah. well that's what that's what kelty is also doing she's taking a a a four-week break from her river guiding job to work on this film before she goes back so yeah sounds so rough it's Lake should just do that as his career. He could do it very well. There's a, I would trust that guy in a boat. Yeah, there's just there's not a lot of future <laughs> unless he starts his own company. Unless you he own your own company. The Columbia Gorge. He could. He I, I could could see, <laughs> you're going to be investing in one of these companies here pretty soon, Lance. I, I don't know. That that industry is taking a pretty hard hit too. So I'm not sure. If That's I'm, a good point. Yeah. Awesome. Find your own way, Lake. So, Nicole, we do this whole thing. Well, one last thing. You can talk about anything under the sun, whatever. I didn't even just close like little, to prepare her little, for this, by little, the way. little <laughs> talking point. Do you want to chime in or no? Um, I just thank you for having me on your show. All again, right. Even I got thrown into it. It's fine. Do you ride bikes at all? <laughs> Not uh, just like at the gym or anything. Not We're going to have to rent her a bike. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to figure have that to out. Do you yep. swim or run? I like to run. You do? Mm -hmm. I like to swim, but not competitively. Gotcha. Swimming competitively is a terrible idea. Don't worry. It's a really (laughs) bad idea. But I'm competitive, so I feel like there you go. How about hiking? Are you hiking? Oh, love it. Okay, that's my plan. You're in a good spot for that. Yeah. Potentially connect her with my wife. They do all kinds of fun hikes, and they're doing a a big training series right now for hiking and running. Um, Uh getting ready to do mountain. I saw them out riding on Saturday. Now that I think about it, now that you mentioned, I remember seeing them. Yeah. Yeah. She did a a big hike yesterday as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't remember the name of it. Hamilton Mountain. Hamilton Mountain. Thank you very Hamilton. much. Hamilton, yeah. Oh my gosh, the pictures were I spectacular. But they're getting yeah. ready to go um, do uh, Mount St. Helens. So they're they're doing a very bunch of training cool. stuff. So if you're interested in going out with a bunch of women, um, that very well could be something fun for you. Cool, I yeah. love yeah. it. That cool. was a blast. Way Jake, one last Jake. thing. One last thing. Um, I'm going to put this out there and say, if I don't have that Garmin versus Wahoo video posted up by this coming Sunday. Let's get it done. I'm going to, you guys get to flog me somehow. Didn't. D- doesn't Matt have a similar video coming out soon? Uh, he did yes. a video, the Garmin, or not the Garmin, the Wahoo Bolts after a year, a year review. After exactly. a year after review. So here's the thing. I I finally made the commitment to leave, um, what was it, Adobe Premiere. I just have had so many issues with it crashing Ooh. and just being such a problem that mm-hmm. you know I would work for an hour and I would lose everything and I'd have to start all over. It yeah. was just ridiculous. And then then to go on the other side of it, like you're having to save every couple minutes just so you have that. And every time you save, you know, you work for three minutes and you have to spend 10 minutes saving and rendering and doing all these things. It was just such a hassle that it, it's caused me to like not even want to sit down and do this anymore. So I've made the switch over to Final Cut Pro. Uh, it's an Apple product and they just don't have these issues. And I've been going through like these like informational tutorial, educational, like learning processes mm-hmm. um, over the past couple of weeks. And I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm ready. We so I'm going to get this up thing. on the edit a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So. 
This is all over my head. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> long story short, if I don't have that video out, then you guys get to come up with some sort of means of punishment, or I'll have to bring. Maybe I'll buy the next flat of Lacroix for the podcast. Thursday the at the flogging, you have to take the entire pull across China. Ditch. There you go. How about that? Oh, I've there done you it go. before. I'll yeah. do it again. So, <laughs> and that would be the other one. Last thing is come on out, check out the uh, the flogging ride. It will be happening, rain or shine. Um, when it's wet out, it's still kind of fun. It is fun. Still. It is yeah. still fun. You guys uh, are due for like ten consecutive nice days on Thursdays. I think so. Even it's only rained like four times in the last month. It's been right. on every yeah, Thursday, Thursday evening. Exactly. <laughs> and it's supposed to rain again this coming Thursday. I think Go so. figure so. But yeah. the weather yep. here, you just wait five minutes and it'll change. So yeah. cool. All right. I think that's it. Um, Nicole, it was a pleasure to meet you. Evan, glad we got to see you. We had a lot of different people coming to the podcast today. So. Matt was in here for an hour. I know. Or so. He was in now. Yeah. I saw him. I got to give him his Coros watch back oh, finally. Yes, that's so. right. <laughs> He's swimming right now. And uh, Lance, as always, thank you for everything. Bet. Everybody else listening, watching, and all that other fun stuff. We'll see you next week. Thanks for watching, listening. Bye for now. Thank you.